I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, July 29th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech all in less than seven minutes. TGIF and DJ, and for most of the Peak Pals across the country, they're going to get Monday off. It is a long weekend coming up. Do you have any plans? Well, I'm still in Boston, so I do indeed have plans. Yes. Nice. Go to, the Red, go to the Red Sox game. Well, they're not playing so hot. So, you know, enjoy. <laughs> I hope you're, I, I, I'm sure you'll enjoy it nonetheless. But we've got a cool fact of the day for you today. So, so there's a lot, a lot of exploration going on between the new telescope and now scientists have found 39 potential new deep sea creatures, Jay. Now, it's not what you think. It's not, it's not lobsters. It's not, you know, salmon. It's fairly microbial. I'm not sure you'll be heading to your local seafood restaurant anytime soon to pick up a, a pound of one of these new creatures. But, you know, it's it's pretty cool. And it really just, just, it really shows you how much of the world is still unexplored, especially down there in deep sea. And I don't like it because it makes me claustrophobic, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> deep sea, outer space, there's lots of exploration going on. We talk about it actually a fair amount, don't you think? We do, we do. And you know what, since we're on the topic today, what's your favorite seafood? Ah, because I'm here in Boston, I feel like I should say like New England clam chowder. New England clam chowder is very good. I like salmon, I like fresh salmon, maybe some sushi, like some raw salmon, that would be good. But that's my favorite. And you know, it'd be cool if we found like a real new sea creature that we could eat. That'd be great. Because I feel like we're running short on them now. We definitely are. We can get into that in future podcasts about fisheries up and down the Atlantic and Pacific coasts of Canada. But Brett, aside from deep sea creatures, new and unexplored, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, there's some more exploration happening. For our first story, DeepMind is releasing a new database. We'll talk about that. For our second story, gas prices are on the rise. Just not here. It's out there in Europe. And for our last story, the feds want to reduce fertilizer use. For our first story... Don't have plans this weekend? Why not kick back, relax, and sift through a database of every single protein structure with DeepMind's new extended database, Brett? That sure sounds like fun. Want to give the Peak Pals more info about what DeepMind is up to? This sounds like when I was in grade nine biology and I just tuned out. But we're going to make this fun and engaging for the Peak Pals so they can understand what's going on here. So DeepMind is releasing an extended database with information for nearly every protein known to science. That's right, Jay, every one. Only 18 months after introducing the AI behind it. Now, AlphaFold, the company's sophisticated AI software, it can help predict the structures of these proteins. You're doing a good job making it exciting. And here's a refresher for the less science-minded like Brett. Protein wears a lot of hats. Our bodies rely on these molecules to function, so information about how they work is vital for modern medicine. They can also help develop new agricultural products and replace petrochemicals like used to make everyday items. For example, Keytruda, that's the world's biggest selling cancer drug. It's the blockbuster of cancer drugs, Jay. And it's a protein itself, a subtly tweaked antibody that lets cancers evade the immune system. And AlphaFord's protein structures from the originally released set are already being cited in scientific research on things like malaria vaccines and honeybee health. Very exciting. Now, Demis Hassabees, the CEO of DeepMind, says that we are at the beginning of a new era in digital biology. And he said, he also said using the database is almost as easy as doing a Google search, which checks out uh, since DeepMind is coincidentally 
owned by the Google parent company Alphabet. Jay, we're going full circle here. <laughs> do, you, do you think it's coincidental or, or is there's the CEO kind of like a NASCAR driver that has to reference Google and everything he says? He didn't say he didn't say it was as easy as a Bing search, Jay. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. And here's why it all matters for the Peak Pals. DeepMind has automated a process that previously took years, saving researchers resources, time, and money. All in all, the ease of accessibility of tools like AlphaFold will open up a world of new opportunities for the science community. For our second story, global natural gas prices are on the rise this week after Russia cut gas flows to Europe in half. This is a constant story that we're talking about, Jay, but it's a big one. Yeah. Gas prices on the European market were up by as much as 13% this week after the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, the main artery bringing Russian gas to Europe, was reduced to 20% of its capacity. Now, natural gas futures also surged 33% over the past week and hit their highest level since the early weeks of the invasion in Ukraine on Wednesday. To help curb demand, the EU agreed to voluntarily cut gas usage by 15% from August until March, with emergency mechanisms in place to make those cuts mandatory if five or more countries request so. Now, after a backlash on this point from nations, island countries that aren't connected to the European grid, countries that have gas storage tanks at least 80% full before winter, or countries with critical industries will be exempt after some backlash. Baltic states connected to Russia's electric city grid would rely on gas in case Russia turns the lights off in retaliation. This is like Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. They're also exempt. Now, but Europe still needs gas without completely breaking the bank. So France is fully nationalizing power company EDF, EDF, I'm sure they call it, Jay, to help cap costs for households, and they signed a deal with Azerbaijan to import gas. Italy has reduced its dependence on Russian gas from about 40% of its total gas imports to nearly 25%, with a large increase in imports from Algeria, which is now Italy's single largest supplier. They're picking up the slack. Spain insists that after moving to acquire more gas from Algeria and the U.S., it's largely unaffected by Russia's move and, in fact, can become a major supplier itself and is looking to restart a pipeline project between it and France. So they're, it's, it's opportunistic for our friends in Espana. And Algeria, it turns out. Yeah. And if it's not clear why this matters to Peak Pals, it will be if you're in Berlin in December. As Russia continues to wield its gas as a political weapon, gas prices will continue to go up across the globe, creating uncertainty for countries entering winter. This reminds me of, you know, remember back in the day, uh, everybody was saying stocks only go up, gas only goes up. That's what this feels like now. <laughs> sure does. And for our last story, the federal government wants to cut fertilizer emissions by 30% by 2030, this according to its latest climate plan. But farming critics believe that it isn't feasible without producing a lot less food. Now, here's what's going on, because there's a lot of talk about this in the Netherlands right now, of all places. But a new study commissioned by Fertilizer Canada projected that over 160 million tons of canola, corn, and spring wheat could all be lost between 2023 and 2030 due to these fertilizer reductions. Spring wheat and canola yields were 40% and 56% higher respectively in the 2010s than they were in the 1990s, due in large part to increased fertilizer use. Now, the ministers of agriculture for Alberta and Saskatchewan, they released a joint statement calling the target, quote unquote, arbitrary and raising concern that it would hinder Canada's ability to fight global food insecurity. Now, Manitoba chimed in with similar concerns. But the federal government has stressed it's not imposing a cap on how much fertilizer farmers can use. It's simply asking them to use fertilizer more efficiently. Now, with the help of better equipment and improved techniques, farmers can use less fertilizer without sacrificing yields. Farmers could also make the switch to, quote unquote, regenerative farming styles that don't require synthetic fertilizer. 
But Brett, making these changes will cost money. One farmer told Bloomberg he was able to reduce fertilizer use by 20%, but it cost him $50,000 in new equipment. Farmers forced to reduce emissions will likely expect the government to foot a good chunk of their bills. Now, sometimes it feels like your food just magically appears on your plate, but that's not what happens here, folks. There's lots of farmers doing a lot of work to make that happen, and this is why you should care. Smaller yields lead to food scarcity, which leads to higher prices. That's a chain reaction that no consumer wants, especially in times of high inflation. Now, to prevent it from happening, the government will have to spend it, and farmers will have to be willing to adapt. There's no plan yet for how the reduction target will be achieved, but the government is accepting feedback till the end of August to help guide the creation process. I'm sure they'll get some feedback, Jay. I can promise you that. Sounds like they already did. Yeah. <laughs> Peak Bells, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second one out, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dill Richardson and 306 Media Productions for producing this episode back in Saskatchewan where they're providing feedback on the legislation. Fair enough. And thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brent and Brett and Dale. Have a good long weekend. Thanks. You too, Jay.